Hello everybody and welcome to Love Unlocks live session on a Tuesday. We're on a bit of a different time. We are excited to spend some time with you. Thank you for logging on. Thank you for joining us from wherever you are. And if you're listening to the podcast afterwards, then we also just want to welcome you to this talk right now. Um, today I've got a very special guest and an amazing man that is a, an awesome business leader, a, an amazing leader, um, family man, someone that I look up to that I had the privilege of meeting about roughly about two years ago. He is Michael Louis, and uh, as I found out yesterday, he's actually Dr. Michael Louis. I met him at a prayer day at Parliament. You'll see there at the bottom left, it's me and him at Parliament, and we were also together at the It's Time prayer event in Mitchell's Plain. But there he also is with his lovely wife and his family, and apparently the other love of his life, his boat. <laughs> um, please welcome to Love Unlocks, Mr. or Dr., I should say, Michael Louis. Thank you so much. Thank you. How are you, sir? I'm well, Heinz. Thank you. And um, it's great. And I really feel honored to be um, invited to the show. Um, I'm definitely one of your great fans. I love your heart, love what you do. And it's really a privilege to spend this hour with you, Heinz, and the viewers, and just to talk things about the nation and how we can make a difference. Absolutely. So thank you for your time, and I look forward to spending this time with you. Of course, and thank you so much for you, for you for making the time. I know you're a very busy man, and uh, and for everyone joining us online, I see Emil Kennedy is here. Hello, uh, we've got some regulars that normally join us. Thank you so much, guys, for logging on, and please give your comments, your questions, your feedback. We uh, we really appreciate it. I keep an eye on them uh, as we are talking. So yeah, and uh, and just for those who are here for the first time, Love Unlocks Live Sessions is all about chatting to people about how God's love is unlocked their lives or aspects of their lives or how they are being used by God to do that. And it's brought to you by our ministry called Love Key, where we minister wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. And we want to see healthy families build a healthy nation. And that's where all of this ties in. And uh, so I'm so privileged to chat to, to Michael today. I would love for you to, maybe from your side, first tell people how we met. And then I want to chat about your family a little bit. Well, I think the big thing is that um, a person like myself that's a bit of a nation builder will all look, always look for some key individuals that you believe have got the character, the values, um, and something that um, I think God has ordained to, to be um, a nation changer, have influence. But, you know, in your introduction, you said, um, you know, strong families make a strong nation. And I think the one thing that's always stood out for me about you was your your love for your wife, your children is really where your heart is. And then the biblical commandment, love one another as I've loved you. Um, if you've got that love naturally, your love is not a natural love. You've really got it. So I think that's what our nation needs. And obviously, um, I've always said that laws don't change people. Um, only the mind and the heart can change this nation. And mm. I think with a heart and a mind like you've got... Um, I think we can change a nation, and that's why, um, if you can recall, I was going to Johannesburg to um, to have a political um, talk and talk to them, uh, talk to the nation about my electoral reform. And I then said, Heinz, I need you to come with to come and listen. And you ummed and ahed, and <laughs> I thought, I said, believe you, don't let him um and ah, let him just say yes. And um, and you came, and it was just incredible. And I just knew, and I still know that God's got His finger on your 
on your life, whatever these plans and purposes are. You'll speak to you. I can't. But that's how we met. Well, it was actually before that with Arno van Niekerk at the National Day of Prayer at Parliament. I think that happened before I went with you to Joburg. But it was kind of at the same time. And uh, and I was just amazed that, that you guys would uh, think of me and pull me into those meetings. It was really interesting. But I was so stirred to see men of God like you and Arnu and, and other other guys who are behind the scenes really making a difference. It may not be, you know, splashed in the news or on social media, but there are real massive things happening behind the scenes. And I'm so glad we can get to talk about that today. And I, also because I know family, marriage, all those things are very important to you because you know that that's actually God's plan for society. Um, so I would love for, for you to maybe just quickly chat about your your family. How long have you, you and your wife been married? Uh, how many kids you have? And just maybe tell us briefly about each of them. I always like asking people, what is the first word that comes to mind when you think of your wife and when you think of each of your children? Um, so maybe you can, you can tell us what you think on the, about them or the first word that comes to mind about them. That's a lot of questions, Ines. But I think firstly... Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. Now, the first thing is I'm Lebanese. To the Lebanese families, everything. And so, um, yeah, I'm very blessed. My, um, my path really was one of my great influences was my grandmother. She used to open up the church, um, you know, at six o'clock in the morning. And when I was a young boy growing up at four o'clock in the afternoon, I used to go and pick her up, run up in the cathedral. She, she used to pray all day. And she always told me about the power of prayer. And so that I learned from seven, eight years old. And so she was one of my great influences as a start of a family and something that I'll never, ever forget. And so I was very blessed to be brought up in a home like that. And then I met Karen. Um, it was um, on a blind date, really, but not a blind date. She was <laughs> a friend invited me to go and look at some home movies and she was there. And um, it, it definitely wasn't love at first sight. But uh, we built up a relationship. So Karen and I have got two wonderful children. Kiara is 28, and she's an advocate in um, Johannesburg. And Michael's a data specialist. He's 25. And I'm really being blessed by two um, gifted and wonderful children. But as you know by now, Heinz, you need to be very clever. All the clever genes <laughs> comes from the wife, so um, I can't get any credit for that. But, um, yeah, and I think if you ask me about one word, um, how would I describe Karen? I would say a woman of substance, um, strong, grounded, uncomplicated, um, very goal-orientated, um, stable, strong, very strong. Awesome. And your, your son and daughter? Um, Kiaris, um, I would say she's a intellectual, academic, um, I don't know if you know, Karen speaks eight languages, so she's followed after her mother. She's a linguist. Wow. No, she, I didn't know that. Not about the eight. I know that she went to some international court and worked on a, on a massive level, uh, but... Kiara speaks the eight languages. Karen uh, uh, Kiara speaks the eight languages. Kiara doesn't, but she's a linguist. Okay. And that ends being an advocate that you have to be good at languages, you know, so... Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Michael is like me, a bit of a softie, and Karen's <laughs> like her mother. I often say to her, 
Kiara, when you get married just now, I'm going to pray for your husband. I'm not going to pray for you. Ah, <laughs> that, that must make for that must make for very interesting dinner conversation. The the four different personalities. <laughs> it's exactly like that, um, Heinz. Exactly like that. But um, now we're very blessed, very unified, and. Very special. That's amazing. Oh, I, I'm, I can't remember from talking to you, but are any of your children married yet? No, okay. they're not married. All right, all right. So I was just wondering if there's any grandchildren that you're hiding from us. But <laughs> Well, I can adopt a lot. When I see those little boys of yours that are so sweet, I said, listen, I'm up for adoption. Uh, yeah, they're oh, shame. They're amazing. Yeah, They're welcome to come and hang for a weekend, you know, with, with Uncle Michael. Uh, we can arrange that. No worries. <laughs> I would. But I think Emil's children are giving your children competition. Lines. Is it? <laughs> yeah. um, I would love to know from from someone with your experience, especially for someone like me that you know I'm I've been married for 14 years, but not not as long as you have, and I, I'm always open to learn. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there that want to know. What would you say is the most important lesson you've learned about marriage? What to keep in mind for a healthy marriage? Um, I think there must be total, um, um, it's a mutual admiration, I think, would I say, that um, Corinne's my biggest fan, and I would say I'm her biggest fan. Oh, awesome. I like that. But I, I would rate that very high. Um, friendship, I would rate very high. Um, I would say those are the two ones that I rate very high. Obviously, the normal things of trust and things, but... In our relationship, it's we always say we each other's mutual admiration club, and uh, she's totally to me, and she totally believes in me, and I totally believe in her, and I totally, um, you know, I really totally believe that she's she's outstanding. That's what I totally believe in. That's awesome, and I, and I think that's what I like about that is, and it's something that Alette and I also do, and what I appreciate about my wife is that she she brings out the best in me and, and I try to do the same for her so that you have that that's there's that constant you know communication intimacy that flows and it's it's about calling out the gold in each other and it's and then you when you see it happen it's so it's so it's so amazing uh, what my wife's doing now image consulting was something that that I, I didn't even know existed but I heard someone speak about it and I was like that sounds like what my wife should be doing. <laughs> and then we, we yeah. got her connected and, and it was it's just amazing to see what's happened now in over the last 10 years. But so I can completely connect with that principle and say so I think that's that's so cool. Like be your be your partner's biggest fan. That's beautiful. I love that. And in the same line, um, as a as a parent of two amazing amazing people that have turned out so great, what what are maybe some of the golden nuggets that you can give to to young parents or people that still want to be parents one day. What what stands out is those things like listen, if you can just remember this and keep this in mind, it'll help you in such a big way along the way. Um, so the, I think the first thing is your um, their eyes don't lie. <laughs> you speak less and do more. Okay. I would say is one of them. And I think the second thing is affirmation. The unfortunate thing is I've got a major problem with my children. They've got so much affirmation. I'll never forget on my fifth year, Michael was very upset. You know, something happened. So I said, Michael, but did I, is anything wrong? He says, yes, Dad, you didn't speak a lot about me. I said, but Michael, this was not about you. This was about everybody else. So I think I've overdone the mission part. But they can walk anywhere and they believe they, 
the king, kingpins. They, they, their affirmation and their belief in themselves, who they are, is incredible. Awesome. I tell my my daughter Dajan says she's beautiful. My son, I say you're my champion a hundred times a day. You, you're the best son in the world. I love you with all my heart every single day. Phone them before they go to bed at night, um, every night. Just, you know, basic stuff, but real stuff, I think. That's awesome. I think it's the it's the consistency that that I that I'm hearing that is very important. It's not just doing it now and again, but it's that constant thing of them, and and not just hearing it but seeing it. But I think you must be authentic as well. You know, um, the way I'm talking to you is my authentic self. I'm not putting on an act as this is a a Michael speaking to Heinz. It's all show. You know, mm. um, I think you need to be that warm, loving, real individual. Um, you know, people will know whether you're real or you're just acting. Um, and I think it's all for real. I think that's important. You you studied law in Bloemfontein, am I correct? Yeah. So did that, did you have a, an early on passion for justice and righteousness? Or was that something that kind of came along and you just thought law would be great to do? Or did you always have this something about wanting to make a difference? No, always. Um, it was something that I was born with. Um, actually, uh, being a lab, my father always gave me an example, Johnny the Greek. And he always said to me, listen, Michael, look at Johnny the Greek. Why do you want to go and study law? Johnny the Greek is 21 years old. He's got a wife, a car, a child. He's got already a paid off um, a building. Why do you want to go and study? <laughs> I said, no, Dad, um, the nation needs me. I need to study law. Um, and I always, um, but from a school when I was young, um, even I can remember some A and some B when the inspectors used to come and visit. The teachers always said, Michael, so I said, on a vase that donkey said at the Lakom Or, you know, from a young age. And so that is a bad thing that everybody always thought you were the teacher's pet, you know, like that. But um, I had an incredible childhood. I always um, believed in standing up, you know, and I was never shy. I was always, I was always standing up. Can you maybe give us an example of, of where you stood up uh, at, at an, an early age, something significant that happened that sort of became a landmark in your life? Um, I wouldn't say landmark, but I, I mean, I can um, say many, many things. But if you ask me like that, um, one of the things that, um, um, that did happen is I, uh, when I studied law, my father didn't want to pay for my university because he said life is tough, um, even although I came from a privileged home. And he made me study, um, work at uh, doing my articles from 8 to 5. And then from 5 to 10, I went to university. And from 10 to 12, I did my homework for, for seven years of my life. Sure. So that was that. But So I was doing articles. But um, when I, f I did articles and things at a very young age, I, um, it was in my second year of articles. And I walked into the bathroom and my uh, boss that hired me was mistreating a woman in the bathroom. Sure. And I and I walked in and I walked out. I took my stuff and I walked out. And I said, I'll never come back if you could mistreat a woman like this. Wow. And um, my father was devastated that I could do it. And who can you know your work for And I said, Dad, I'd rather lose my work than to see a man mistreat a woman. Wow. And enough, I've always been sensitive to it. You know, when I hear this gender-based violence and when I see, I always think of my daughter. I just can't. I really can't understand it. I can't understand 
how beautiful creation like God has made these women that um, they can be so mistreated. And so there are certain things in my life that I'm very strong about, you know, and feel. But from a young age, um, I would always be the protector of weak people. I'll always be the protector of the underdog. And I will be anybody's biggest fan if I believe in them and wanting to push them higher and help them. And it's just with my nature. I suppose I'm also the eldest of the five boys. And so maybe it's an elder syndrome. <laughs> but those are real things. So that's something that was, that was just always there. You, you can't say there was a day that something happened. It was just always part of who you are. That's definitely amazing. Yeah, sure. definitely who I am. And, and since your studies, you, you obviously, from what I can understand, you were part of the family business. Um, you're now in charge of the hospitality, the hotel side of things. Um, no, I, not the road I took. No, so when I finished, um, I didn't want to go back to the family business. And so I actually went um, as a brewery's first, but I was one of the youngest property executives at that stage. And then I went to Sunlam and headed up their property portfolio. So I took a completely um, corporate career and did it by 28 I was heading up a corporate, you know, heading up huge portfolios. Wow. Um, but then it's, and then I, I came down to Cape Town uh, because Karen was here and our first Kiara was going to be born. It's a long story, but it was, uh, when I was 34, I went to Amandus and God called me into governance and it was a fantastic story how God then um, spoke to me about um, getting involved in politics and um, how that magnificent journey started. And how did that journey start? Well, it happened on the 28th of January, 1994. It's a normal day. I went to go and sleep at one night. It's a definitive needed day for Fidelis to wedding down. So don't <laughs> lead me down that path, please. <laughs> but um, I woke up. It was sprinklers in the garden and things. And I was busy sleeping. And all of a sudden, these sprinklers went on. the You know that water that goes like that? But I didn't hear the water. I just heard the sound of the water. And it said, it sounded like Esther 4, Esther 4, Esther 4. That was the sound I heard. And I never forget, I jumped up, stood next door to my bed. And then I realized, but this is God wanting to speak to me. And then I went and I washed my face in the bathroom. I said, but if God wants to speak to me, I can't look just sleeping and things. And then I went and read um, the Bible, which said, go and possess the land for such a time as this. Wow. And um, that was when the following day I um, went to church, but I was I was weeping. I was I was really emotional and it wasn't really like me it was just incredible and then the um the minister spoke about his, uh, about matthew 5 about uh, christ in the garden of gethsemane and he said his disciples were sleeping why uh, you know why, um, can't you just look after me for one hour can't you look after me for one and then he looked at me and he pointed to me he says are you going to be asleep when the enemy is at hand sure and like a coin in my spirit just like this um, God said to me, you've got a calling to governance and to government, you must stand up. And that's when I heard about Kenneth Mesh, who phoned Kenneth and then was one of the founding um, um, partners of uh, members of the Christian Democrats. And one of the most outstanding, outstanding 10 years of my life, um, totally sold out, totally committed, loved every minute of it. And then um, I'll never forget, my father always reminds me to say to me, listen, Michael, you were such a young man, you gave your best years to government. And I always said to him, listen, Dad, I wanted to tell you government gave me my best years. Wow. And that's still how, that's still how I feel about South Africa. That's why I'm 
still pursuing the road of changing this nation, adding value because this nation has given me so much. I love it with all my heart. I really love the people. I love the nation. Um, and I'm going to do anything. I'm going to stop at nothing. I'm just now more committed. And um, I'm on platinum now um, because I could buy a Freisgewort. So I've now got all the wisdom to really add more value. Um, I remember that when we met that uh, you told me about this this idea of of challenging the Electoral Act because when with at, at the time you were in government, you saw as much as you love the nation, you saw that there were certain things in, that was wrong with the system that needed fixing and that there was this way to do that that could significantly change things for our nation. So I was just wondering if you can tell us why you pursued this case and now that it's 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 gone positive in the in the court case what could this mean for south africa going forward yeah it's a very important um question Heinz. and so the big thing is is that during my period at, in time i didn't see the the loophole when i was in government but what i did know is that there was um something about a major flaw in our accountability structures in government because as the viewers will know you vote for a political party you know whether you vote anc da acdp whoever you vote for but those members of those political parties aren't voted in by you it's the members that uh, vote them in i uh, the the political parties that vote them in mm. and so as a result especially if you think of um with the governing party, most of those people have been there for 25, 28 years, and we haven't got any new political players on the landscape that's prepared to help Asha um, to take us in. But I can tell you now, some of those people are still outstanding. I still think um, the government has got a piece. It's not a criticism of the individuals. A lot of them are called and are outstanding people, and some of them you, uh, we all know very well, and I still respect and love them a lot. But um, the system was completely wrong. But um, about five years, even before um, this, um, uh, the court case, I went to a couple of leaders and said that we've got a poor um, electoral system and we need to change the electoral system. And, um, and so um, that our system was poor. And so what I did is, is that I went to them and said, please, we need to change the electoral system. And three quarters of them said that they know that it's a bad system. But they weren't prepared to change it. Sure. And so as a result, I knew that the only way to change it was to have a court case to do it. But on what grounds are you going to go to court? You can't go to court and just say, listen, I wanted to change the electoral system. That wasn't going to work. But you could go by a private member's motion or a petition to parliament, which wasn't really an option. So, um, but just supernaturally, I met a wonderful woman by the name of Renette Talliat, who was an IEC officer. And she told me one day, said, Michael, this nation needs you. You need to go back to government. And I said to her, no, but I don't think I could be part of a political party. And she said, I know of flaw. And I said, what is it? And then she said, in the human rights section in the Constitution, 191B, says that everyone has the right to stand in public office. But the electoral act says you have to belong to a political party. So on the one side, um, the Constitution says if Heinz Winkler wants to go to government, he can do it. The electoral act that governs our election says Heinz can only do it if he belongs to a political party. Yeah. So there's a, a huge conflict. And when I saw it, I decided to go to the Concord. And um, it's a very long journey. Um, 
just because otherwise, and it's also not only me, I wanted to give a lot of credit to a whole team of people that for four years took part of this. I um, So um, it just as a basic thing, there was three high court cases, three concord cases, it took nine um, defendants, it took a team of 12 advocates yeah. and four years to get to the line. And the one thing I can say, um, Heinz, is that it's all about tenacity, courage, and belief that you must fight for something that you really believe in. Yeah. Everybody, most of my people say, Michael, you'll never be able to fight the state. You can't fight government. And I just knew this was something that can totally change our nation. And so I'm wanting to say to everybody, this is a nation changer. Don't let, I mean, there's so many reports in the newspapers that said it's not going to make a difference. It's not this. The view is, I can tell you now, it's a game changer. Yeah. Our political landscape will never be the same again. And it's about time because um, the great privilege that I've got now, I've got a team of seven legal people that are helping me draft the bill um, on a private member's motion that Lakota's got. Great. Parliament and the executive can totally ignore it, but I know that they've already committed they won't ignore it. <laughs> but I know what what this the effect of this bill is. And in basis, what it's going to mean is just um, so that you just know, and then you can ask me questions, yeah. is that um, you're not going to vote on a provincial basis anymore. South Africa now will be divided into constituencies, like in the old thing, like you had got Stellenbosch or Somerset where you stay. But now the political parties aren't just going to say vote ANC, DA, ACDP, like that. They're going to, you have to put on a name and a face on the political party so that you will know in your area who's your accountable, responsible person for that area. And so now it all goes about accountability. It all goes about responsibility. And it goes that new players will be able to come onto the political landscape that said, listen, there's nothing wrong with political parties. There's nothing wrong with a lot of political leaders. And some of them are outstanding. But it's about time that if there's an individual, it's like, for instance, I'm not a corporate person. I don't like working for Sunlam or Old Mutual or one of them. But it doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. Yeah. But if you're an entrepreneur, you believe, and Tuli Madansela says, I don't want to belong to a political party, but I want to stand as an independent yeah. to be accountable and responsible to my people. Mm. She can now stand up, and it's the public that can now say to her, Tuli, you're the woman that must represent and be accountable to us. And so it's going to be outstanding to watch it. Outstanding sure. to watch it. I, am, I can't sleep at night. I'm working day and night, mobilizing writing the, the legislation, yeah. um, motivating and inspiring people to say, listen, our nation has gone to trash status. We've lost everything. Let's start rebuilding. But we can't. We can only rebuild if we change our system. We can't make something that's old and make it new again. We need something new. A new wine skin. We definitely yeah. need a new wine skin. I remember you saying, making a statement that really, um, I think it confused me a bit. But uh, I think it's starting to make more sense. But maybe you can help us understand. You said that the uh, the people in government are not necessarily corrupt. It's the system itself that leads to corruption um, or something to that effect. Maybe I'm saying it not, not cor entirely correctly. But maybe just explain to us what that means and th what the change that this court case can bring to the way things can work going forward? Yeah, so I mean, the big thing is, is that I do believe that um, 
sometimes it's not always the individuals that are wrong it's the system so um the banks even i think the banks it's not the banks that the bank manager that's always wrong it's a system that is in that is wrong yeah it's like the judicial um the judicial system um sometimes a person says but the courts aren't so great but it's not the courts it's just the system of the courts because there's a whole lot that happens okay. even with political parties it's the individuals in the political party some of them are the most outstanding people but it's their system of the way they operate yeah, um sure. and it's this whole thing, factionalism in the political party that um so say now for instance um I'm wanting to become a member of parliament but my leader says things that I don't like mm what do i do i go become a penguin i support him because he's going to put me in parliament so i rather go against my convictions but just because i know he's got the power to put me in parliament so i rather go against my convictions just because that's how the system works yeah so um it's a lot like that so what this is going to do is it's going to make um a very interesting debate if your um constituency is um Somerset West and the expropriation of land comes up without compensation and your anc that you represent says you must support the expropriation of land without compensation but somerset west that voted you in said you can't support it yeah what are you going to do yeah sure do you understand there's a dilemma there yeah so where is your mandate to come from and who's going to be your real mandatory is it your constituency or political party yeah and that's why i believe that a lot of um political parties are going to say you have to follow party line but if you're an independent you haven't got that problem you only go for the mandatory as the, your constituency you represent so it's going to change it a lot to make the um energy and the um debates very very interesting sure and how if you are an individual in an area and maybe you already have a bit of a name a bit of a following uh but you want to take it to a next level and you want to grab a hold of this opportunity um it must still feel kind of overwhelming and as if you're in isolation not being part of a typical political party what is there something being put in place uh to support and help and mobilize prospective independent candidates yes 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 so um myself and garrestead have got a school of government that we started at the beginning of the year we've taken our first 30 um people to teach them governance how to um what are the rules how do you do media how do you do everything and also for the viewers please to follow Heinz I'll keep you intact in September we're going to have a week's course educating and equipping prospective leaders in their constituency that's going to prepare for the local government elections next year because you must remember this bill that we're busy working on is for national government in 4 years time yeah and so but to start preparing in local government but if you want to you can't just one day wake up and say I want to stand in government yeah. you have to start now already being a member of your school committee you have to now start being on your ratepayers committee you now have to start building and becoming part of the community and building um relationships up and that's really okay. if you believe they got to to governance you know yeah but um we would to encourage and equip people that that um it's the most outstanding um you know i always say that politics is like an esprit de corps 
that it's one of the most great, um, one of the most greatest, noble, honourable positions to stand up, um, to be able to represent your nation if God has called you. That that's your calling, that's your destiny, and that's your purpose. It's a noble profession. Yeah. For definite. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate that it has been so tarnished by you know things that have happened before uh, in politics and how people experience it. And uh, I guess it's a time for us to to redeem the the office of um, of of politics and do it in a in a in a new fresh way that's that's uplifting to the nation. And um, what would your message be to to the nation at this stage? And maybe as a second, a second message to those who feel that maybe that is for me. Maybe I mean you, you talked about the the practical things. You can start getting involved. Um, but ha- maybe maybe I'm going. Sure, I think I'm passionate about my community. I'm passionate about my nation. But I don't even know where to start. Um, and I don't even know if I have what it takes. Maybe. So um, what would you say to? Uh, let me, let me ask that first. What would you say to South Africa right now? What is the message? You know, we've come out of COVID. We are in lockdown. Uh, there's so many things we are facing, economic hardship. People have lost jobs. There's a lot of stuff to weather. So maybe let's do that as question A, message to South Africans. And then as a, as a second question, uh, I'll get to that. But uh, to people who may consider wanting to lead us, help lead us out of this this uh, time that we're in? Um, I'm going to answer, and, and they might sound funny, but I'm going to just see, say what's on my heart, Heinz. Please. The first thing is, the first thing is, I feel very strongly about the God of suddenlies, that anything can happen at any time, and I believe that this is a season of the God of suddenlies, exactly like COVID came in, um, don't underestimate what could happen tomorrow to this country, positively or negatively, yeah. the God of suddenlies. Yeah. Secondly, don't lean on your own understanding. Because if you lean on your own understanding, you'll say, Kanatni Duni is not possible. If you have that stirring in your heart that you are called to the nation, climb in that boat and you will find energy. I've seen... Um, individuals in my lifespan coming to me and said, Michael, God has called me to this, whether it's in, in business, internationally, locally, whatever. I've seen God just raise them up overnight. Mm. God will overraise you and show you something. Lean not on your own understanding. Sure. Number three, one plus one does not make two. One plus one is infinite, in, um, infinity, meaning that um, it's not the seen but the unseen. Because the seen is carnal and the unseen is eternal. You can't judge what you see. And then last, um, I would say the whole thing about human dignity. Um, I will do everything in my lifespan to see to it that there's equal equity and that the poorest of the poor and the richest of the rich reach out to each other, Mm. that we have an equal, that we can give each other dignity and fulfill the commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Um, that is, I would say, where the drive is and what our nation needs to achieve. Yeah, so good. Sure. I love it. Um, how can how can people get involved with what you guys are doing um, uh, from a training for governance point of view? Is there a website? Is there an email address? How can they get hold of you guys? No, so, I mean, we've got this uh, movement. Um, it's called One South Africa. And they could go to the website. It's just 
absolutely exploded. It's outstanding. It's awesome. mobilizing the country and it's called One South Africa. All right. And really would encourage everybody to go. And otherwise, um, you know, I'm, um, you know, my wife always says I'm a bus. I've always got a place for somebody else. Um, so as Iman Mabel Bell, I'm always there for um, my constituents, people that I love, people that I will do anything to support like you. But I hope you're going to pray about your future. <laughs> I feel extremely, extremely strong about you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. It's overwhelming, the idea. But I, yeah, if I think God is, is leading me in very interesting ways uh, into new things. So, yeah, and, and I just, I love being surrounded by, by men like you that, that can inspire and lead and show and, and, and uh, just, you know, open up our minds to, to what is possible. And because uh, it's easy to sit on the sidelines and complain. It's, it's different getting in the ring and being part of the solution. And I think that's what needs to happen right now is for, is for people who, who love God and who love this nation to not just talk about it, but to, to actually rise to the occasion. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's quite, uh, it's quite um, important that you spoke about Esther because, you know, if I think about the court case that you took on, it was really David and Goliath. It was really Esther walking to the king's throne room. It's not, a, it's not done. It's not accepted. It's against the rules. Uh, everybody told you you shouldn't do it, uh, but you did it anyway. Why? Because you really knew that God spoke to you. Uh, so I, for me, I think it's very important for myself and for others listening, what is God saying and be obedient. And that's that's where why what you said about the scripture, lean not on your own understanding. That's why that's so important. Because if you try to understand what God is calling you into, it'll never make sense to you. But God knows. And and I think that's that's where God is calling his church right now is to to be part of the solution, to be part of the, the change we need in this nation right now. And and I just want to say I salute you, sir, for for being a pioneer. For, for taking uh, so many shots, so many, I, I can't even imagine what you've been through, what your family has been through, but you're smiling, you're standing strong because you're holding on to Jesus and it's so so encouraging and I, I just want to thank you and honor you for that because um, there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that we don't see in the media, but uh, thank you so much for what you're doing for our nation. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart and I would I would love to ask you to, to maybe end up for a session with a, a prayer for those listening and a prayer for our nation. I'll definitely do that, Heinz. So, Father, thank you um, just for this time that we've had together. And, Father, thank you that um, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and you hold our nation in your hands. Mm. And, Father, we know that we know that you know the destiny of this um of this nation, the plans and the purposes, and it's to do good, not to do, do harm, Father. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen it in our spiritual eyes. This is the season, and we call in all the sons of Issachar, all the women of of, of this world, of, of, of this nation, just mm -hmm. to stand up. Um, they are just the most incredible people that have nurtured our children. And this is the time of this young nation now in this new phase that's going to rise up um, in the tip of Africa, prophecies have been spoken from Cape Town to Cairo. Mm. This is the time, Holy Spirit, that you're going to just usher in the spirit and just transform and renew minds. We know that laws can't do it. 
only the transformation of the minds and the hearts, Father. And as we just pray, Holy Spirit, every single viewer that looks at this, we just ask that supernaturally they will be touched and, and powerfully embedded with with your word and mm. equipped with the sword and the shield and the armor of, of God. And um, Father, then lastly, I just pray that we can truly um, use this instrument of um, this love key of, of Heinz and a letter that has done such a great thing. I feel so strongly about the commandment, love one another. Mm. And what they're doing in their ministry um, just also be used so powerfully to unite families, individuals, and people of this nation. And this we all ask in your great name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I just also want to pray for, for Michael, his wife, his marriage, his, his family, those that are involved in in this big process of getting this legislation, uh, this bill go through and everything else that goes with it. I want to pray for Gareth Stead, uh, for One South Africa, for all these projects that are happening. Lord, I pray your blessing upon it, your favor upon it. I thank you that you open doors that no man can close. I thank you that you, that you touch the, 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 the hearts of people that, that you have called for a time such as this to stand up, to rise up, to be part of the solution and the change that we need in this nation right now. Lord, it's not, it's not politics. It's actually governance. It's godly governance of a nation. And Lord, like the Josephs and the Daniels of the past, I want to stand with Michael and call those forward and, and, and ask you, Lord, to, to inspire, to strengthen, to guide the Daniels, the Josephs, the Esthers of, of today to, to rise up, to stand up and to, and to walk with boldness and confidence into those stations and that you will supernaturally provide the finances, the support, the people around them and supernaturally open up the right doors at the right time so that they can rise to the positions of authority where they can make bring real change and that all of this, Lord, I pray, will happen with the love of God and the love of our neighbors as our first and most important value so that we can really see a nation turn around and turn to you and reach its full godly ordained potential. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael, yeah. for your time. I really appreciate you, brother. Um, Thank you so much. God bless you and that which you, which you are doing. And uh, yeah, please send me more information. I'll share it from my platforms. And, and uh, yeah, I want to encourage people to go to osa.org.za, right? Is that the correct address? Yeah, osa.org.za. I'll post it in this post afterwards as well. And, uh, and let's all be part of the solution uh, and see a nation become a real, really a nation unto God. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate you, man. I'm just going to greet the people on this side. I'll chat to you now. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today, for being part of this conversation. I think it's so important that we engage in these conversations as well about how we can truly change a nation uh, from the inside out in, in, a, in a productive way. So, And I wanted you to know that there are people like Michael Louie and his team making a real difference for our nation. So please keep praying for them and everyone else involved and, and please be part of the solution. Uh, on Thursday at one o'clock, I'm chatting to Errol Naidu 
and uh, he's also doing amazing work in our nation, especially for family, family values, and making sure that that the evil agenda of the enemy does not come into our schools and into our nation. So let's let's uh, make sure we, we, we dial in for that. Join us for that, please. And just quickly again, Thursday night, uh, my wife and I are doing our Let's Talk Marriage Seminar. You can still join us for that and go to Quicket for a ticket there. Um, thank you so much. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye. <music>